What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 190. For real this time. I said 190 last time. Apparently, I can't count. It was 189. Natural progression. This is 190. So, um, I'll learn my ABC someday as well. But uh, math is math is a hard enough challenge, apparently. Uh, good episode today. Uh, probably not nearly as long as the couple... Uh, two-hour ones we've had in a row, uh, but uh, World Series is over since the last time we talked to you two weeks ago. Uh, the Houston Astros have won in six games, although their front office wouldn't know it by the way things have gone down since the win, uh, but I had the right number of games, but Ben had the right team winning, so that obviously carries more weight because, you know, that's doesn't count for shit if I <laughs> get the team wrong, so uh, Ben got that one, uh, but... You know, I said this to you. I picked the Phillies the one I thought they would win. And then you see how Phillies fans and, like, the entire city acts when they have a, a moniker of success. And I'm a Patriots fan, so, like, look, New England just as guilty of, 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 of odd stuff and making the, the worst of the fans. Certainly not all Phillies fans or Eagles fans. I'm not trying to throw everyone and lump them together. But, man, you start seeing the way some of these places are acting. Like the Astros go to town and they can't get a restaurant to give them an order, and somehow the Phillies, like the Philadelphia, is taking pride in that because they're the away team and they can't get a meal delivered to them. I mean, that's just to me, it's like grow up. It's a game. Calm down. Support your team. They order pizzas. Put put little Go Philly stickers on the pizza and deliver them to the Astros. That's gamesmanship. That's fun. Whatever. No, we're not going to let you eat because that proves a point somehow. Um, Oh, this is the same city after the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl where people were taking dumps on the hood of cars that had Patriots stickers on them. So, I mean, this is what we're dealing with here. Uh, and again, Patriots fan base is toxic in its own right, <laughs> and Red Sox are toxic in their own right, uh, as is any big market team's fan base. But uh, back to what I said originally about the Astros front office, though. Interesting turn of events. Uh, a lot of times you'll see this with runner-up teams uh, or teams that made it to the league championship series and they couldn't quite get over the hump where the GM is replaced relatively quickly afterwards. Uh, apparently their GM's contract was up and they offered him a, a one-year deal after coming off a world series and he declined. And now the Astros don't have a GM and they in turn fired the assistant GM. So they're going to be starting at least to hire up front office uh, from scratch, unless they you know promote somebody internally, which is always possible. Kind of an odd thing where you figure, oh, man, the Astros, you know, they had a little scandal. They came back. You know, they have had, they, look, they have more eyes on them now than anybody else. So there's no way any kind of funny business went on. They won the World Series. They're the champions. Good for them. But now it's like they got their act back together they got everything straightened out and it seems like now just a week after they you know got the final out all of a sudden they're back in flux again it's almost like being a red sox fan i mean it's it's oh win a world series what are we gonna do not a lot not a lot probably all the wrong things very odd situation i can't remember seeing this in any other circumstance yeah i i'm i was kind of when i saw that come across the other day i'm just like how how does this make any sense and then and then you you realize after you dig in and you read stories 
it seems like as usual in these kind of situations there is there's a power dynamic that one side thinks one way another side thinks another way and ultimately the owner uh what is it jim crane uh i think so yeah sounds about right uh basically yeah sided against the gm and said good luck uh, i'm gonna go a different route even though you've done a lot uh he's not perfect uh the gm his name is uh what's his name click uh james click yeah like he's yeah. not perfect but um boy i would say you help you orchestrate a roster to give to the head uh, the manager which by the way as as a side note apparently dusty baker was hired and then the gm so not to say Dusty couldn't work with anybody. He's worked with many, many people throughout his career. So I can't imagine this is indicative of his opinion of, of the GM, but there might be that angle of they didn't quite work together 100%, but God, he he helped the Astros win a Nova World Series, after which you know, one of the biggest controversies in recent history in baseball. Uh, and then the Astros subsequently got rid of their GM and their manager, who both won the World Series previously. Boy, there's there's deeper there's deeper stuff in this. Similar to I'll put it to you like this, Chris. When when Jim Harbaugh uh left the 49ers and it came out that there was issues between uh, the GM, the owner, and Jim Harbaugh on direction, who should start, who should play, who they're going to draft. When that power dynamic happens, this is the kind of situation we uh, we result in. So mm -hmm. this, this is kind of chapter and verse of, of, of that kind of situation. Um. Do I think they can get over this? Sure. They yeah. they have the talent. There's there's no change. I think you brought up the point or or it was before we started that the assistant GM got fired too, which you know that just tells you that the the lineage in that organization really just wants to carve out the branches of of GM click and just really go a different route which fine that's what you want to do but just realize you may not have the success with a different person yeah that you're having with this gm this or uh, you know this this regime see the chicago white Sox, right move on let you let theo epstein go he retired whatever it was no no white Sox, not cubs Oh, I thought you meant like after the Cubs won the World Series. They well, basically... that too. But I was I was talking. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry, I want to start down a different path. But I was talking about um, when the White Sox finally started to see some success with all these young players. They fired that coach and they bring in Tony Larusa, who immediately caused problems. And he didn't. Fi no, no offense to Tony. No offense to Tony, but he didn't finish the season either because of health issues. Yes, yeah, right. Which, which, which not on him. It happens. Yeah. No, no. But it's one. It was one of those two issues that going into the season were kind of at the forefront. One, 
his demeanor with with players. He had an old school mentality. You know, new age players they have a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And two, it's 162 games. Yeah, it's road games. It's plane rides. It's bus trips. It's all that can wear on a on a 40, 50, 60 year old. Oh yeah, uh, manager. And I think Larus is in uh, 70s or 80s. So is Dusty Baker too. Um, he's in his, I think, mid 70s. And and that's funny that you know he got a one year offer and he took it, which makes sense because he's probably at the end of his line yeah. as a, yeah. a manager. But you would think that they would offer the GM a job, but longer than one year it doesn't make sense and i would think he's gonna get grabbed up by some team that really wants yeah a smart mind that can organize the uh, major league and minor league rosters to kind of navigate through uh probably substandard seasons Yeah, it, it usually, you know, cases like this just blow my mind that you have the pinnacle of success and you just say, you know what? We're good. Go your way. We're going to go our way. Who was the uh, Cowboys head coach after Jimmy Johnson left? Barry Switzer. Barry Switzer. I told you I was going to play devil's advocate here. Just, just. I don't have any – this is just strictly just to throw ideas out there, just to try to make sense of what's a very confusing situation. What if James Click is kind of a Barry Switzer situation? Uh, this is a team in the Astros that was – I'm, I'm going to make sense of it for people out there who are not <laughs> – who are like, wait, what the hell? It's going to at least make sense to me, I promise. Um, what if James Click came in? It's not like he came into a crap franchise. I mean, this franchise had Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, uh, George Springer, uh, uh, um, uh, Garrett Cole. And, oh, and they have all those guys still. Oh, no, wait, they don't. They only have Altuve, who they signed long-term before he got there. Uh, so he could not retain a free agent to save his life in any fashion. Uh, and he came in right after the investigation wrapped up, to which – pretty much resulted for a, a, a stern talking to for the Astros. Uh, so we all know how we feel about that. While I still, I don't want to crucify this current crowd of Astros because it's a different team who has been watched with an eagle eye to make sure they're not up to anything. I have no doubt this win is, is clean for this past world series. Uh, you know, they got, they had scandals and they had problems and other teams may have to, including the Red Sox, but you know, nothing really came with the Red Sox or Yankees investigations. And there was a lot found out about the Astros and MLB did nothing because Rob Manfred is a chicken shit coward. Um, I, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe this guy wasn't what they wanted. Wasn't what they were thinking uh, long-term and they had to see it again. Uh, they had to see, Something from him in the form of, can you maintain a free agent? Can you bring in a free agent? Because all we've done is lose people. And thankfully, we had a lot of talent on the team already and a great farm system that was not built by James Click. Uh, He didn't build the team. He didn't build the system. And all free agents did was leave when he was there. So while the team did win the World Series, 
This isn't a Theo Epstein and 04 Red Sox situation where you're like, oh, we see you improving this team every year. You're getting better. Now, unfortunately, the Red Sox management was still too stupid to realize what they had on Theo Epstein, and they pretty much frustrated him into walking away, where he went to Chicago and promptly broke another curse. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I just I, – I don't know. I wonder if they didn't see – despite the fact the team was winning, they didn't see from him what they thought was best for the team long-term because you can win all you want when the team is already good, but when you can't improve on that or build on that or bring in free agents – you're not going anywhere uh, long-term after those guys leave. And, 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 you know, Dusty Baker, I think that's just, like you said, strictly a matter of he's 73. And for all we know, he's told them, I only want one more year. I only want a year to year contract. Cause I mean, you got to figure this is his last coaching gig. Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Love Dusty Baker. Classy guy. Happy for Dusty. Cool to see. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, just just throwing it out there is different ideas to play devil's advocate. Could it be they had to see more from this guy, or they knew he'd be pissed with a one year deal, and just walk, and then they get rid of the assistant GM, and now they can bring their guys in, uh, guys they think will actually. I don't know. Um, just throw it out there. There's a there's a guy in New York who's had pretty good success getting free agents in who uh, does not have a contract currently named Brian Cashman. And uh, I don't know. I, I can't imagine at this point in his career, Brian Cashman's hurting for money. So there's there's no limitation on how much you can pay a GM. Chris. That's the thing. He's going to get paid handsomely no matter where he goes. Realistically, he'll probably stay in New York. But if the Astros really, you know, we all like to imagine there's never any tampering or there's never any back end deals. But if they heard through the grapevine that he was kind of frustrated there and he might be available with the right offer. Uh, he's certainly going to a team that's winning, just won the World Series, should be competitive for years to come, and you have a guy with name value and recognition, players are going to look at and go, oh yeah, Cashman knows what he's doing. He's led a lot of teams to some very successful seasons. Uh, obviously only one team, the Yankees, in, in like, you know, the, the sense of team, but a lot of different years. Just an idea, you know, throwing it out there. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. I think Cashman stays in New York, but... Clearly, the Astros didn't just offer this to the guy and say, he's going to walk, and then we'll figure it out. Like, there is a contingency plan. There has to be. There's a second guy they have in mind, a third guy they have in mind. For all we know, they already have a deal in place. You never know with these sort of things. But uh, wouldn't that be something? Though? Wouldn't it be something? Brian Cashman agrees to become next GM of the Houston Astros. Uh, and, and then the Yankees are left kind of holding their bats. And... uh you know, that's that's a splash. That's a big splash, and you're gonna get you're gonna get free agents going under who want to play for Cashman, so and Dusty Baker. He's a player's coach. People love playing for Dusty Baker, so Dusty's not the problem. Clearly, there's another problem, and this guy can't retain anybody. So I, I kind of understand it, even though it is odd. Normally, it's just not the way you do things, but if it works for them, good for them. I've been reading this article by Alden Gonzalez while you've been talking. So, uh, there's 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 one big red flag as far as the owner side that I'm seeing. I'm seeing, and and just to be clear, I don't have insider information, so I don't know what the dynamic is. Um, and maybe you're 100 percent right on the whole, you know. 
they're they're used to the old guy and he kind of built the organization the, the farm system and and maybe maybe this was a Barry Switzer situation where um uh click just inherited a full organization and, and this is the fruits of his you know the labor that he maybe had to put in a little bit of effort but not too much but apparently over the season uh Jim Crane the owner has uh, involved himself in, a la Jerry Jones situation uh, to the point where he nixed a uh, nixed a trade deal with the Chicago Cubs for Wilson Contreras. Hmm. And apparently Jeff Bagwell and Reggie Jackson have a greater influence than the GM. What titles they hold in the organization, I don't know. I don't know. The Reggie Jackson connection doesn't make sense. Jeff Bagwell, it's 100% makes sense. He's oh yeah, Hall of Famer with the Houston Astros. Now, the, the, the Houston Astros did make an acquisition. They acquired Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox during the trade deadline, which turned out to be a great move You know, because I think he ended up playing most of the World Series games. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, is it is it a Jerry Jones situation or is it a Barry Sitzer situation? Funny that we're talking about the same organization as it relates to the Cal- Dallas Cowboys, but I wonder if there's a mix of both, Chris. I wonder if there's a mix of both there. That there, there's a lot of voices, kind of, you know, egging Jim Crane to kind of take more control. And he had a lot of players to kind of put on the field. And, and now the after effects of, of the uh, investigations have kind of worn off. These guys, can, these guys can go out and play. Maybe that's just what it was. They just needed that time. Cause you know, and I know we were bagging on that Houston Astros for at least the first year afterwards. And, they were getting it everywhere they went outside of Houston. So maybe they just needed some time away from that whole scandal. And now they're going to move on to, I don't know, maybe Brian Cashman is the deal to make. But if I'm a GM, I'm, I'm looking into all the reports. I may talk to Click and see what the interaction was with Crane. And what he expects, because if I'm a GM coming in, I, I want to have the control. I want to be able to make these deals that are better for the team. Mm-hmm. Not the, you know, I'm not talking about the $200, $300 million free agent offers, because clearly, you know, the, the owner needs a little say in that. But right, right. These trades that if the balance, money balances out or it's not too egregious and it'll improve the team. I want to be able to make those moves, not having some guys that have no great hold on the organization just because, but they're influencing the deal because they have the owner's ear. I, right. I wouldn't want that. No, I don't, I wouldn't either. I, and again, I don't know Cashman for sure. I don't even know if he'd be the best fit. It was just an idea. You want to make a big splash. Just again, just throwing every, everything I can think of right now. Currently, it probably will be somebody we haven't thought of. Maybe somebody you mentioned, but yeah, we, we saw that firsthand with the Red Sox, how just, 
you know, the GM who leads you to success and then ownership starts nitpicking and it just, it, it really fractures the team down to the, down to like the field level. Um, so it, it, it's not a good thing. So they're going to have to be careful how they play this too, because they can ruin a good thing if they don't do it properly. Um, I just pushed a random button here. Um, there we go. Okay. I can still hear you <laughs> there. All right. They don't want to like have you shut off completely and have you talking and not realize it. Uh, what, what else was it? We had something else with baseball we were going to bring up. Uh, before we started recording, I should have wrote this down. Um, I thought it was just those two things, World Series and the... Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. Move on to the NFL then. Uh, it's been... <laughs> it's been another... Uh, anything can happen from week to week. A couple of weeks in the NFL, uh, both fantasy-wise for us and uh, <laughs> on the actual field. Um, it, 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 you want to start with the bills? You want to start with the Colts? You want to start, where do you want to start? Oh, um, I want to start with the Colts. I want to get that kind of out of the way. Okay. I feel like I have a lot more to say on that than I do Josh Allen. Yeah. Same here. Same here. I agree with that. Uh, so the Colts uh, earlier this week, uh, after the Patriots defense just steamrolled steamrolled the Colts offense and I saw that live and it was even more glorious than it probably was on TV uh great game to go to man what a great atmosphere beautiful day it, it was it was perfect Patriots won Patriots I won to, I tried to pick you out in the but I couldn't I couldn't see oh you. dude no we were we were way, I mean they're I mean they're great seats I can see awesome I saw everything just fine but they're way up they're like upper bowl like we actually don't even sit in the seats we've just the fourth time I've gone to a game because what it is is um uh, it's it's through the the camp that uh, my now wife and I go to in the summer. They have a silent auction every year, and one of the uh, the uh, guys who runs it, um, I don't want to use names in case I don't want their name brought up. Uh, but uh, his family has season tickets and are nice enough to donate a pair uh, every year. And I pretty much, I actually <laughs> every year since I started going have been the one who got those tickets. Uh, two years ago, I didn't actually win them, or last year. Uh, last season, I didn't win them because I didn't bet on them because I wasn't sure if they actually have the game happening or have fans in the stands because they were still doing their whole, we're having fans, we're not having fans. Uh, but then about a week before the game, the guy who actually won them decided he didn't want to go. He was nervous about COVID and uh, told me that if I matched his uh, donation, he just sent the tickets to me. And that's so I actually wound up going to that one too. Uh, but yeah, we actually sit there like upper, upper, upper bowl, like almost the tippy top of the stadium. Uh, but great seats. I mean, no, no complaints. We've actually never sat there. We sit when you come up on the concourse. Every level has. I know you've been to Gillette before, but every level has their own, you know, bathrooms, concessions, like every stadium does. And uh, we actually just stand like right at the railing and watch the game because it's just I'm going to be probably standing most of the time anyway. So I may as well be at a railing and not at a seat feeling I'm going to tumble over forward somersault down eighty rows. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's great time. Uh, but anyways, as as a culmination of things, not just that loss, uh, the Colts, not too long after hiring him, only a few seasons after hiring him, uh, fired uh, former head coach, now Frank Reich, and um, brought in <laughs> almost immediately, it seemed. It, was probably, it might have been the next day, but it felt very quick. Brought in uh, Jeff Saturday. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, just Saturday. Yeah, just Saturday. Okay, I make sure I got Saturday. the right guy. Former offensive lineman, former damn good offensive lineman, as the interim coach, 
I guess, longtime friend of Insane owner Jim Ursay, um, who celebrates everything, including whenever his team can, you know, wipe their own ass. Um, people seem to have a big problem with this. Uh, people brought up the Rooney rule, which I'm so damn tired of hearing about. That's insane because here's the thing. Now that it's not important, I'm not saying whatever you feel on that's fine. I think it's all a show by the NFL. That's why I have a problem with it. It's not the concept. It's the fact that it's a show by the NFL. It's not really taken seriously. That's my issue with it. So don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh, but the Colts hired two black coaches back-to-back. They hired Tony Dungy and Jim Irsay. Uh, Jim Irsay. <laughs> Jim Caldwell. Uh, and nobody had to persuade them to. They hired those guys because they wanted to hire those guys. So the fact that now it's being brought up, you know, because Shannon Sharp went off on that, because we all know Shannon Sharp is just an epitome of logic. The guy's insane, and he literally just says things now for clicks and likes and, and credit. Um, it's the same guy that blasted Kyrie when he uh, when he uh, reposted a an anti-Semitic uh, movie that is on Amazon, and then two weeks later supports Kyrie Irving because he got suspended because he wouldn't because Kyrie wouldn't apologize enough. Yeah. So that's this is the person you're talking about, Chris, that literally jumped in a matter of two weeks on one side of the argument and then hopped onto the other side. So this is I, I agree with you 100 percent. And plus, trust me, there are a lot more people that made statements on this topic we're talking about that are equally stupid. Well, I bet. Uh, and look, I don't I mean, look. Jim Irsay has the right to hire who he wants to hire for his team. I, I believe that. And you can say Rooney Rule, you can say all you want, but if you're the owner of an organization, you have a right to hire who you want to hire. And he's hired uh, black coaches. So the whole thing about him not giving equal treatment is is really a non-issue. He hired who he wanted to hire, and he wanted to hire his friend. And, I mean – Everybody's surprised by this. Like Jim Irsay is is the is the picture of sound thought and and, and solid process. I mean, this man has uh, had more traffic stops than a crossing guard, and uh, or uh, that didn't come out right. Whatever, uh, they can't all be gems. Uh, so, I mean, we're surprised that Jim Irsay made a crazy move. He hired his friend for the rest of the season for a team that's not going anywhere. Let's be real. This team is not winning this year. Sam Ellinger, nothing against the kid. Not the answer. Um, Matt Ryan, man, the Falcons, whatever they got from the Colts, got away with theft. Because <laughs> uh, they, they, they fleeced them for anything. If it was a seventh-round pick, they got charged a seventh-round pick too much because Matt Ryan does not have anything left. That offensive line is not up to snuff. Uh, Jonathan Taylor cannot stay healthy because of the offensive line. Uh, as talented as Jonathan Taylor is, he does need some blocking. He doesn't need you to make a hole a car could drive through every time, but the man needs some blocking or he's going to get banged up. And, um, I mean, yeah, I don't understand – the criticism based on the fact, uh, just just to reiterate, uh, you know, the Rooney Rule has never been a problem with Jim Irsay. That's one thing I can say about him. He's hired black coaches uh, two in a row, as a matter of fact, which led his team for a number of years. Uh, and he's never made good decisions. He's never been sound. <laughs> he's he's always made, he's always done things where it's like, this is the guy who put up a, a 1-0 and banner in his freaking stadium. I mean, 
this guy is crazy. He makes weird decisions. So, I mean, let's stop trying to find racism where it's not. Let's stop trying, you know, let's, let, and let's stop acting like this guy is, I mean, this guy makes Jerry Jones look like Nostradamus. I mean, he's nuts. Like, uh, we're all, we're comfortable with that, right? We know this. Like, we're, nobody's looking at this guy going, you know what? I'm taking advice from that man. He's got his shit together. Yeah, he's rich somehow, but like, he had to get that money before he started doing whatever the hell he's doing now because he's not all there. Um, he's just like every drunk uncle at a barbecue. That's what he sounds like talking. I did, you know, I just, I, you know, back in Nam, I had, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, we were, we were drinking and, uh, uh, Colts are a great team. We win a lot. And, uh, uh, yeah. Stop. I mean, Stop looking for rationalization where it doesn't exist. This guy's nuts. He made a crazy move. You did see his comment. In one of his post his, his press conferences, right? I I don't even know which one. They're uh, all so crazy. Uh, what was it? It was so funny that they're in the top upper quartile of winning. Oh yeah, you sent me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In two thousand, <laughs> yeah. which is better. <sighs> if you don't know what it is, I'll I'll, I'll try to grab it and, and and tweet it out. Oh, uh, it was the, it was uh, fantastic. Show account, yeah. but I'm just like. It, it it equates to the what was it I said uh, what was it the uh, the AFC wild card champion or the wild card game like as you st- stated Chris like they put up banners mind you this is a team that's been to with Peyton Manning went to two Super Bowls and won one so they've won a Super Bowl yeah yet they're they're celebrating any minute amount of success. And you kind of stole my thunder a little bit, Chris, because that was kind of the heart of my argument. The instability yeah. of Jim Ursay. I understand everyone wants to put their point out. They want the clicks. They want all the you – know. first and foremost, y'all should be looking at the person you're trying to denigrate. And that is Jim Ursay. Right there, your argument should shut down. Yeah. Because the guy is irrational. Number two, they hired him as an interim head coach. Say what you want about the Rooney rule. I, I agree with you, Chris. I think it's the NFL just trying to put it out there to make it look like they're trying to do something. It's for a show. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, say what you want about the rule. The rule doesn't apply to interim head coaches, by the way. And number two, we understand there's a chance that Jeff Saturday could get hired as the permanent head coach at the end of the season. That is a possibility. I have to think Chris Ballard has a little more common sense as long as he has enough power in that room to make the common sense uh, be forced through. Um, He's built a nice team, by the way, so let's not – I don't want to shit on the Colts 100%. He's no. a nice team. He just can't figure out the quarterback. Position. Colts have some fantastic players. They should be better than they are. Um, so there's a possibility that Jeff Saturday is going to be the head coach after an exhausted search. But why would it make sense? I, I heard this. Uh, uh, Joy Taylor, she, she does shows on FS1. She's uh, the wife of 
NFL, I think he's NFL Hall of Famer, uh, Jason Taylor. Uh, she went up and, up and down about this too, kind of like uh, Stephen A. did, kind of like Shan, uh, Shannon Sharp did. Um, she pointed out how Reggie Wayne is on the staff. He's a wide receivers coach, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does he get blown past uh, by someone who's not even on the staff? Uh, Frank Wright was the offensive coordinator by de facto. Uh, P.S. The quarterback's coach got bypassed. Maybe he makes a little more sense. Defense coordinator got bypassed. A lot of people got bypassed. Do you know who's calling the plays this weekend, Chris? No. The assistant quarterback's head co- quarterbacks coach. Not the quarterback's coach. The assistant quarterback's coach is calling the plays this weekend. He's 30 years old. He, he doesn't have much coaching experience, play calling experience. Uh, but should we, should we cry for the quarterback's coach that got bypassed? Should we cry for him? Should there be, you know, outrage for him that he got bypassed and the assistant quarterback's coach got elevated to play calling? He didn't get that offensive coordinator position, but he got play calling at least, Mm -hmm. which in and of itself is sort of a promotion. This is my stance on it. He's going to coach for the rest of the season for a bad football team, whether it's Sam Ellinger or Matt Ryan, as you pointed out. It doesn't matter who it is. They're a bad football team. Yeah. They're probably not going to get Jonathan Taylor back, and if they do, he's not going to be that good. He's going to be hampered. They might as well shut him down. They're not going to go anywhere. They're three and well, – they're not – they're three, five, and one. Three, five, and one. In a division with Tennessee, in a division with Jacksonville. Are they going to get top ten pick? Maybe. I don't know. They have to bottom out. Because their rivals is right oh. now Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh and Houston. And if you're holding your breath of that, you Detroit. may survive that one. You're right. But, you know, they're probably going to go into the draft looking at a quarterback. Uh, whether you like this draft class or not, I happen to like this draft class. I think there's at least five quality quarterbacks first, second round. I think, I think they can get somebody. Um I believe that they're going to go in to the to the offseason and they're going to look for an honest replacement for Frank Wright. I don't think Jeff Satter is the answer. He's a college coach. Uh, not a college. I'm sorry. He's a high school coach. And he rejected every position that they offered him this offseason because Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard tried to bring him in to the organization this offseason and he rejected every position and yet he takes this position which seems kind of weird to me not not shady just weird but i think they'll earnestly try to find the best uh, best coach for this team and that coach is going to have to be on board with this new quarterback that they should draft because uh, i think you sent me oh no i sent you a, a, a tweet that someone put up the, the next four years, four or five years of starting quarterbacks for the Colts, and they're all going to be quarterbacks that are past their prime. Yeah. It was it was, it was was a funny tweet. Uh, I had, like, Stafford being the quarterback in, like, three years. Uh, 
somebody else. I can't remember who the names were, but they need to stop that. That's what they need. They need to stop that. They need to go into this draft and say, okay, we're going to get a top five pick, top 10 pick. We need to identify where we're at and our best option at quarterback, get a young quarterback to pair with a healthy Jonathan Taylor. See if your offensive line needs some retooling because you'll you spent a buttload of money on it, and your defense isn't getting any younger. You got some nice pieces. That defense looks pretty good. But, you know, if your offense sucks, we, we've talked about it. Your offense sucks, it doesn't matter. I, I, I'm just one of the opinions. I think this is a whole lot of nothing. It's a strange hire. I will agree with anyone who says that. Oh, yeah, strange. yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't make any sense other than the obvious. They're going to tank to get the highest pick. That's the only part that would make sense to me. Yeah, I would agree. And again, I, I don't, I, I would, I, I don't even have an issue of people bringing up the point of, Hey, um, why were other people passed up? Like that, that, that can be a valid point. Other people within the organization, uh, but we go back to what we we both just said. Um, if you're expecting logic from Jimmer, say, uh, look elsewhere because there's no rhyme or reason. I mean, he's made some good calls. Obviously, the team's had some success. Uh, Chris Ballard has done a nice job. Uh, but, I mean, he still hasn't found a quarterback. He's tried to find a stopgap every year, which hasn't worked. Uh, and, um, I mean, a- after a while... Players look at that and they go, is it the team? Is it the organization? Am I if I go there, am I going to have problems? Uh, it's it's odd. Um, and like I said, running rule doesn't apply to interim coaches. And it's the rest of the season for a team that's not going anywhere. They wanted to throw something out there, throw it to the wall, see if it's stuck. Cut off on lightning in a bottle. And look, just again, to play devil's advocate, Jeff Saturday is is a, a tremendously successful offensive lineman. He won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. He was Peyton Manning's center throughout, uh, I believe, his entire career in Indy, if not entire, uh, uh, most, not entirely, but most of it uh, in Indy. Uh, this guy went to uh, six Pro Bowls. He was a two-time All-Pro. Uh, doesn't say where he was drafted out of. Or, yeah, I went to North Carolina. Doesn't say he might have been undrafted. Might have been undrafted. Because it doesn't have any kind of draft. Uh, no, wait, never mind. Hold on. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't. No no draft status at all. So right. he might have been undrafted center and had that kind of career. So it's not like this guy is a schmuck who doesn't know the game at all. Uh, does that mean he's like, you know, you and I know a lot about football too. We never played. We I don't know how good a coach we would be or any of these other analysts out there. But you never know. But stop trying to get water from a stone and look for reason and rationality from Jim Mersey because it doesn't exist. Okay. Josh Allen. Josh Allen, you know, uh, look, I'm a Patriots fan. I hate seeing other teams in this division succeed, uh, but AFC East is a really, really good division. Uh, and um, the Patriots are above 500 and they're in last place. So that tells you what you need to know about this this division. Uh, and the teams are beating up on each other. Uh, Miami did beat the Patriots. Uh, they actually beat the Bills, too, didn't they? Yeah, they gave them their first yeah. loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they played the Jets yet. I don't remember that game happening. I don't remember that. Jets, yeah, they played the Jets. They played the Jets already, did they? Okay. I, yeah, I, uh, Buffalo's 0-2 in division. 
Okay, I think Miami's three and zero. So I mean, it's you no. know, but uh, no, the Jets beat them. Jets are two and one. Okay. Miami's two okay. and one. Patriots are one and one. So forget everything I just said. Uh, <laughs> listen to Ben on this one. Uh, but I mean, except it is a tough division. It is a tough division. Uh, but I mean, like you have the Patriots who just trounced the Jets, uh, and, and then you know had had Zach Wilson seeing Sam Darnold's ghosts, and then the Jets turn around and stick it to the Bills the following week, mm-hmm. and it's it's weird because I don't think the Patriots match up particularly well against the Bills. We'll see how it happens when they play. But it's like this team can beat that team, but they can't beat this team, and that team can beat this team, but they can't beat the other team. It's very, very interesting dynamic all over the NFL and especially in competitive divisions. Uh, but the Buffalo Bills had a scare this past week. And, and who knows how it will affect them still because Josh Allen, who is look, it's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, one A and one B as far as quarterbacks in this league. I really don't know how anybody can make an argument otherwise. Not potential, not future, not past. I'm talking right now. You're starting a franchise. You start with quarterback. You take one of those two players. And quite frankly, I it's crazy to say this. I think I take Josh Allen. But you're not losing with Mahomes either. But I just think the size, he's less prone to injury. Unless you use him as the primary running back for your organization, that we've been saying is a bad idea, and lo and behold, what happened, he got hurt this past weekend. And it was everything from we don't know if he could going to play again this year to we, he could be completely fine for next week. Uh, apparently he was seen practicing yesterday, but as soon as he saw the media, he ran off the field. Uh, so that's not being secretive or anything, Buffalo. So I don't want to hear you talking about the Patriots at all. Um it's it's man, it's just we've been saying this guy gets hurt. You put a backup in there. Look, Stefan Diggs is an amazing receiver. But the, the the reason he's able to do a lot of things he can do is because Josh Allen is the other half of that who makes the throws. Diggs gets open, they work well together. That's not gonna happen with a backup. If you don't have a guy like Josh Allen who can run around and scramble and make things happen and make the throws and take the hits, you're, that Buffalo Bills team is a dead duck. They're dead in the water. They're not built to have a backup come in and win games. The defense is good. Not as good as they were to begin the year. All this stuff about how they're going to have a top defense and offense. Look, it's okay. It's fine. But they've given up a lot of points to some pretty mediocre teams. Uh, and, you know, it, he is the team. And he's going to take hits. Like I just said, he's going to scramble. He's going to take hits. You can't have him. 10, 15 times a game. Uh, I've seen this in even games when they're way ahead in the fourth quarter. Running into defenders. Get that extra yard. Yeah, it's a cool clip. It's great. It shows how tough he is and what a team leader he is until he takes that hit and doesn't get up because he has a concussion or he injures his neck or he hurts. And I don't want to see any of this happen. I like watching Josh Allen play football, and I don't wish harm on anybody. I don't care what team you play for. I'm not that kind of fan. But these are things that can happen, and you don't want to add that risk to anybody. Never mind your star quarterback. It just doesn't make any sense. It's not a logical way to run an organization. You got to get this guy a running back, and you got to get. I think the offensive line is actually pretty decent. They do a pretty decent job guarding. I mean, they're not top notch, but they're not bottom of the barrel either. But they got to protect this guy better, and protect him from himself even. I think it's the biggest thing. 
yeah, Josh, we get you want to be the big man on campus. You are. You're the guy. You're one of the faces of the league. You are Bill's football. So stop putting yourself in unnecessary situations. Was it three weeks ago? I, I think I saw a game. They were up by like 20 in the fourth quarter with like four minutes left, and he's in there doing QB sneaks. It doesn't make any sense. If the Buffalo Bills don't get a Super Bowl out of this Josh Allen run, they can look at him and say, this organization screwed him because they should have stopped him from hurting himself. They saved him, should have saved him from himself, and they're not doing that. They're just, oh, we're the big dogs in this division now, which the past couple of weeks, you could even argue that, honestly. It doesn't make sense. Not not the kind of Jim Mercer doesn't make sense, but it still doesn't make sense. I'm just I'm just looking at his, his game logs, Chris, and you know he's averaging. I, I, I just roughly looking at it, he's look at about nine, eight nine rushes a game. Had a season low in week two of one rush. Uh, season high against the Kansas City Chiefs of 12. 12 rushes for your starting quarterback. And he's been sacked 16 times throughout the season. With, wouldn't you know it, Chris, a season high of five against the New York Jets. This is This is the problem that you find with mobile quarterbacks that just don't progress. Russell Wilson, early in his career, was a little bit of a mobile quarterback, and he kind of progressed. Now, where he's at right now is unexplainable. Maybe he's done, or maybe he just needs to reinvent himself. But uh, I'm looking at Lamar. I'm looking at, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes never really was a mobile quarterback. He was just a great quarterback that was able to get out of the pocket yeah. and make stuff happen. Scramble if he had but, to, yeah. Right. Uh, but Lamar, the same thing. He, he needs to do what Josh Allen needs to do. He needs to evolve his game or just don't take those hits. But Lamar has been, I feel. I feel that Lamar's gotten better on that. I think he's 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 done more sliding. He's done more um, going out of bounds, trying to give, you know, and unfortunately last year was – multiple running backs going down with season any injuries that kind of affected that and subsequently Lamar Jackson was injured a lot of the season and now you're seeing Lamar not the team success because they've had their up and downs with some late game uh, situations but you've seen him been able to stay on the field for the entire game because they're having some sort of running game not just him but I think you're you're 100% right on, on the Buffalo Bills. Their leading rusher is Josh Allen. Yeah. By a decent amount. He doesn't lead the team in attempts, but he's second. This is this is not a good pattern. And I think I, I texted you about, hey, maybe they should have went after CMC. I don't know if that would have been an answer, but they should have tried. They could have went and got uh, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. from the 49ers, who was dealt to the Miami Dolphins. That might have been an option. A guy who was running the ball when he was healthy, it, when he had opportunity with the Niners, and, and had success. Here's the question I would have for the Buffalo Bills organization. 
is it the running backs that are having issues or is it the scheme having the issue? Is the scheme of the offense not indicative of a starting running back having success? That's what be my question of the day. You have Singletary, Zach Moss, who I think got traded. Um, now you have uh, Cook, who they just drafted from, uh, I think, Georgia. They've mm, tried other yeah. stop gaps since Josh Allen's been there. It's I'm I'm starting to think it's the it's the scheme it's the system. It's more indicative. It's and it's more better for the team and the offense to be productive to give the ball to Josh Allen because now you have that threat of run pass still. But what are we looking at, Chris? He just got his contract extension. There's a threat. What was it? A UCL tear? Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, I believe that's a ligament that has issues when you need Tommy John surgery. <laughs> so you don't want to be messing around with that. And it's his throwing arm, right? I think it is. Yeah. So like, it's not a nothing you want to joke with. I, you're talking. You could be a massive absence if this guy tears a UCL. And if he does, for, if you're Buffalo, forget it. Forget it. You don't have a chance. You don't have a chance if Josh Allen, and and if it goes full tear and he gets Tommy John, um, I think the only the, the only football player I can remember that had a, a I can't even remember a football player that had Tommy John surgery. It, I mean, realistically, it doesn't necessarily affect the, it wouldn't affect him the same way it would affect the pitcher because he's not throwing a ball a hundred miles an hour a hundred times a game. But I would think it would affect his accuracy. It would affect a lot of things. You'd still need time to rehab and come back because there's a long portion of time after that surgery. You can't do anything. Right. You're, you're literally, you have to have the ligament essentially heal back to the bone. Uh, or, uh, you know, wherever it has. I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I, mean, I probably made no sense. But it takes a long time to heal. Yeah. You, you, he's out for the rest of the season. Oh, if, absolutely. If it happens. Absolutely. And then it'd be interesting to see what he looks like the following season. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the point your running game is non-existent without Josh Allen. And then if you don't have Josh Allen, well, guess who Guess who also is useless? Stephon Diggs. And, and, and if you can say what you want about your defense, I'll keep saying this till I'm blue in the face. If your offense is horrible and can't sustain drives, your great defense is nothing. How good's the Patriots defense been this year? I've seen pretty good. I'd say, I'd say, yeah, pretty good to very good at times. And the times that they got bad when they started getting really pounded on in the second half of games was when the offense couldn't maintain drives and the defense was exhausted. Like, that's Baltimore. Baltimore is a winnable game for them. But, you know, Mac had that bad turnover. And I think it was an interception like in the red zone. It was like, like a five-yard line. It was in the red zone. And Baltimore down and scored, and then New England had the throw. They couldn't do what they like to do, which is run the ball and play defense. Uh, and uh, that led to the downfall of the game. Yeah, you're 100% right. You have to be able to maintain the offense on the field. And that's with any defense. Any defense. Oh, yeah, totally. Tennessee's got a pretty good defense, but they have three losses. And I can imagine some of their issues drive from if their offense, which, again, another situation where – the entire offense focused on one person, Derrick Henry. Yep. Derrick Henry's not right. What happens to him? They go in the playoffs with a less than 100% Derrick Henry, and they're out. 
So do you want to build – you build your organization around one player. That's great. Patrick Mahomes is Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. Right now especially because all they have is Travis Kelsey. For a while, the Carolina Panthers was Cam Newton and then CMC. And when CMC wasn't on the field, I mean, you saw the produ- you saw the production drop off. Oh yeah, Big so time. the impact of one player is is absolute when that player is the most impactful player on your team. But you're the Buffalo Bills. There are things you can do to mitigate those risks. And my opinion, I think I think I hear it from you too. They haven't done enough to try to get somebody in that running back position to no. take those those reps out of his hands. <clears throat> no, I would, I would agree with that 100%. Yeah, it's, it's it, you've done everything everything else for your team. If this team has an even competent running back, they are a 14-15 win team out of 17 games. They might lose a couple, you know, flukes here or there. But it's a solid team. And you kind of saw a little bit from them last postseason. They got this swagger and attitude about them like they'd already done it before. And there's nothing wrong with being confident, but they haven't done it. And if they keep getting their key guys banged up and they can't figure out this running back situation, the Bills are at risk of of letting a generational talent, a, a potential future Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, and – arguably the best quarterback in the league today go by the wayside because they couldn't fill a couple of holes and they couldn't just tell him, Hey, we know you want to be a hero. Stop. We need you to do what you can do. We're going to get a running back. Just yeah. If you're in trouble, scramble. If you see a wide open scramble slide, you don't got to be the tough guy. You don't got to take the hit every time, you know, because it doesn't matter how good you are. You're not on the field. You can't help us. So it, it, it it's interesting. We've seen this before. We've seen this before with, with with teams that had their window. I mean, look, a couple years ago, people thought Kansas City Chiefs were going to be running this league for 15 years. Patrick Mahomes is going to win 10 straight. He was never going to lose again. Uh, he was going to take the torch from Brady, who then promptly beat him in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, he was the guy. He was this. He was that. And the team has regressed every year. They've made it one step Less every year. They went back to the Super Bowl the year after they won. They lost. They went to the AFC Championship game uh, the year after that. And they lost. And now, you know, if they go up against the wrong team in the divisional round or wild card round, this isn't the same team that just automatically put up 50 every game. So you can have fantastic players, but a lot of teams, a lot of teams, have a very, very short window, like three to four years of dominance, and then it just it, the league progresses. It's how it works. And the Bills are very much at risk of squandering that, despite how many good players they have, because it's going to be a point where that Josh Allen contract catches up with them. It hasn't yet. We saw what happened when it happened to Kansas City. Bye-bye Tyreek Hill. Oh, we can't, sign Ty- we can't re-sign Tyron Matthew. Oh, we can't, we can't bring this guy in. We can't re-sign that guy. we got to depend more on rookies and... and kind of cast offs from other teams and it works because Mahomes is a magician and he's is that freaking good but it's not the absolute stranglehold they had 
three or four years ago. And they got the championship out of it, and they could still win more. They're certainly good enough to. But that dominance only lasts for so long. And you don't want to squander it because the Bills went through a long time of mediocrity. And as a Patriots fan, I don't want to see them win a Super Bowl. But as a football fan, I hate to see great talent squandered also. So it remains to be seen. But they they really got to do something up there in Buffalo to save Josh Allen from himself. Because he's not going to stop being crazy because he's a competitor. He wants to win. It's not He's not trying to hurt the team. He's the opposite. He's trying to help the team. But it's not going to help if he's not on the field. So so let me ask you this, Chris. We'll, we'll, we'll try to wrap it up with this. Their next opponent is Minnesota. Minnesota is 7-1. and one. Are After they the that, quietest 7-1 and one team ever? They are. They are. They yeah. Are the okay. okay. You are 100% correct. The next opponent after that is Cleveland. I think that's a Cleveland with, with if I'm not mistaken, with Deshaun Jackson uh, in week two of his return. I think it should uh, be Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, thank you. Slip up by me. Hey, no, Deshaun Jackson might be there too. We don't know he's not going. Well, Deshaun's in, in Baltimore right now. He might take the day off and go to the game. We don't know that. Sure. I'm not trying to tell Deshaun Jackson what he can do with his free time. Man's his own then, man. And then, uh, and then Buffalo has. Uh, Thanksgiving Day at uh, Detroit. Yep. I'm looking at those three games. Those are two NFC games and one AFC games. There's no AFC East games. Do you sit him for one of these games, especially with the fact that you're going to play Sunday um, at 1 on the 20th, and then you're going to play four days later against Detroit. Because then the week 13, it's starting starting with the New England Patriots. It's New England, New York, Miami, Chicago, Cincinnati, New England to end the season. This injury plays a lot. Do you sit him against Minnesota? Because it's not that big of a deal. If you lose to Minnesota because it's an NFC team, it's not an AFC team, it's not an AFC East team, you can take that loss, kind of like the Patriots took a loss against the Bears, not on purpose, but they took a loss. This, because they, they they're 0-2 in the division right now. Yeah. That's got away on their minds that they've already lost two, and they still have four games against the division you want josh allen you want josh allen fully healthy do you sit him no uh you don't you don't sit him as long as he's good enough to okay this is gonna it's okay i think Trying to find oh, it's preseason. I want to make sure I got on the right, uh, right ones. Okay, cool. Um, no, you don't. You don't sit him if he's good enough to play. You play him, and you can't play him at fifty percent. You can't pay him at seventy percent. Like if he's, if there's any question of a severely re-injuring it, no, you don't. You sit him, and you say, don't take the risk. It's not worth it. 
Uh, like you said, it's an out-of-conference game. Yeah, you want to win every game. It's not going to kill him to lose this game. Uh, they're going to have a hard enough time winning it anyways if he's banged up. Uh, if he thinks he can go and there's no risk, it's just him dealing with the pain. He's a competitor. He'll do that. Then you start him. However, no more of this if they're up or down by a large amount in the fourth quarter. You put him on the bench and you say, Josh, we know you're a competitor. We need you. Get on that bench. Cheer, you know, cheer on the team. Be the first guy on the sideline high-fiving people. Hopefully with your non-throwing arms, you're not taking more damage to your UCL. But you can't have him in running quarterback sneaks up by three touchdowns with four minutes left in the game. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. If you want him in the game, that's fine. You have it, so the minute anybody gets within five feet of him, throw the ball away. Take the penalty. Who cares? If you're up or down by that much, it doesn't matter anyways. Just whatever. I wouldn't even do that. He's the franchise. He's the guy. You sit him. Uh, at, uh, as to the Cleveland game, I believe Deshaun Watson's uh, suspension got pushed up to 11 games, so I don't think he'll be back this week. Okay. Um, well, he's not back this week because I think they're on a bye this week. Uh, no, yeah. no, Cleveland, no, they're back from their bye. Yeah, so they had a bye two. Yeah, yeah. Um, last week they had a bye. Yeah, but I think Watson got an 11-game suspension. They got up okay. to 11 after eight, so I don't think he'd be back uh, until – it was supposed to be game, not week, so I would think he'd be back week 12. Um, or 13. I don't know, 12 or 13. But either way, yeah, they, they, you know, you play him as long as he's healthy, regardless of the team, regardless of the situation. I think you're sending a bad message to your team if you just bench him when he can play because then you're saying to your team, this guy you believe in who's your leader if he feels or we feel it's not an important game to win, we're going to put all you out there, but we're not going to put this guy out there. I think that sends a bad message. If you're available to play, you play. However, if you're banged up, the minute the game is in hand, one way or the other, you're done. You're out. You're out. If it's a toss-up, if we're down by 10 with five minutes left, ah, yeah, okay. That, you can come back from that. You keep him in there. If they're up or down by three scores with four minutes left, Dude's riding the pine. You're not risking your franchise on a on a on a crazy, you know, once every fifty year comeback. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's not the Super Bowl. It's not a playoff game. You just got to use more logic, which is the problem where some of these teams come in where they haven't had a whole lot of success. Is they make dumb moves because they think they need to win every game by fifty. And there's a lot of times we saw Patrick Mahomes in games late when he shouldn't have been in there when guys were taking shots at him and we're like, get him out of there. What are you doing? If you lose him, you have nothing. So yeah, if he's good enough to step on the field, you play him. But as soon as it's in hand, he's out. And then, look, if if he gets healthy and you want to keep him in, that's a different discussion. Um, I never liked that idea, though. You let the stars do what they do. Let them earn their money. Let them get on the field. Let them play. And then when it's in hand, let them take the rest of the game off. Let the backups get some reps. Because you may need those guys to have some in-game experience coming up. Because if something happens in the regular course of a game, if somebody gets hurt, a star of a team, I don't even want to name names or jinx anybody. If a star of a team gets hurt in the second quarter when the game is still up in the air and a random play, that happens. That can never be planned. You can't really prevent that. That's just going to happen or it's not going to happen. 
late in the game, when the defense is already getting pissed, if, if they're up by a lot, they're going to start taking shots, and they're really not going to care if they get penalties. And they're they're these might not be mean spirited guys, but they're big athletics guys. They got the testosterone pumping, they got the adrenaline pumping. They're in game mode. They're in you know seek and destroy mode. And they're pissed they're losing. They're going to take shots. They're going to hit you as hard as they can. They're not going to care about the fine or the penalty because they make $20 million a year. And that's how players get really hurt. They got to be smarter. Yeah, I would just... I wouldn't look at that. Like, that game, I think you need to win. Like, it's Minnesota. I think you need to... Kind of a prove-it moment for the the Bills because they've dropped two against the division. Mm -hmm. Um... I honestly would look at the Lions game as the game to sit. Because if if he's not fully if he's fully healthy by then, by all means. But if this this thing is lingering through Minnesota and Cleveland, and, and you're staring down four day late four days later to face the Lions, you can put your backup in. You're probably not going to win, but you can put your backup in and give him that full two weeks, kind of like a bye week, full two weeks going into December 1st at New England. And that's going to be a huge game for them. Because if they're not winning against New England, there's going to be, a, there's, they're going to have an issue getting out of their division. Like things oh, yeah. could happen. Yeah. <laughs> we know things can happen. We've seen two different Jets teams in a matter of two weeks, which is astonishing. We've seen Miami where if they don't have two on the field, they are not the same. And even with two on the field, sometimes the offense looks shaky, and then all of a sudden it's lights out and they're scoring 30 points like that. Mm-hmm. We've seen in a New England team where if they can't run the ball consistently, then it's not opening up the pass game, and that defense is getting worn down. But if that defense is not worn down, you have Matthew Judon coming off the edge, and he's leading the league with 11 and a half sacks, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. This it's is this is it. the yeah. construct of the AFC East right now, where there are a few players making an impact on this division, uh, this division title. And it's so competitive that the the bottom team in the division could have a great record and not make the playoffs. Yeah, you could see a, a winning team not make the playoffs. That's crazy. It's funny too because earlier in the season, I know, I, I, you know, we uh, we were on the Bills there, but you're talking about the AFC. So I'm gonna switch to the Patriots for just a second. Looking at their schedule, uh, the, the way things have played out, <coughs> excuse me, there were three games in a row where, uh, like, they come off the bye and they play the Jets Week 11, uh, and then they have the on Thanksgiving night they have the Vikings in Minnesota, which is gonna be a tough one. Uh, but um, then they have the Bills, and after that, the only games I'm worried about are division games. They have, you know, the Jets and then, uh, you know, the Vikings or whatever, and then the Bills, you never know what happens in the division games. But there's a stretch of three games against the Cardinals, the Raiders, and the Bengals. If you had asked me in preseason or any of those winnable games, I would have said, based on what the team did, probably not. And now I think they can win all three of those. I really do. I mean, we've seen a Cardinals team that – is just inconsistent as hell. And Belichick feasts on those teams. <coughs> uh, the, the 
the Raiders are, are I mean, Josh McDaniels is absolute offensive kryptonite. Uh, and, and, and I mean, if he had, <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't even know. It's not even a joke I can think of for how bad he's done. He's absolutely destroyed any momentum that team has. And then he's the Bengals, bad. which Bengals team is it? Is it a team that lights up the scoreboard, or is it a team that lost to Pittsburgh in overtime week one and Joe Burrow had five turnovers? Right. Like, there hasn't been much rhyme or reason to how that team's operated. And if the defense keeps going this well, you can get the Joe Burrow. You can win those games. If they can if they can win, if they can end up with a 50-50 record in the division, they can win enough games to get a wild card spot. And with that defense, you never know what could happen. So, uh, for what people think, se- seems to be a, fo- a five and four team that's playing pretty good football. Uh, inconsistent at times, I guess, but bad teams get lit up from or good teams get lit up every now and then. And uh, you know, the Bears did. The Bears spanked them on Monday night. There's no doubt about that. It's the vision, like you said, could see all four teams above 500, with one of those teams not making it to the postseason. I think significantly so. above 500 too. I think I think I do the math because it's now 17 games, not 16 games. So, you know, 11, 12 wins, and they're out of the playoffs. Like you, this that is a possible scenario because they're go, out of their division. They're 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 beating everybody. Like three teams are four and two in conference. One team's five and three in conference. The Jets are the only Jets in Miami are two and one in division. They go outside of the conference and they're they're winning too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like there's a, there's a balance inside of this division where the Buffalo Bills and, and we'll circle it back to to Josh Allen's injury. It's just, everything kind of focuses on that one injury because they are zero and two. If they drop more of these games in division. It is going to affect the the outcome of the division title by tiebreakers if we get to that point. Yep. And right now, they're they're on the outside looking in with the tiebreakers. I, 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 if I'm I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'm I'm staring at that Thanksgiving game, and I'm like, if he's not fully healthy, then boy, we could give him a break, and then just that last push, you know, go through the last part of the season. Because it's going to be four division games, which is going to be huge for them. Absolutely. Well, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. This is a really, really fun season so far, though. It is. I mean, you could see, honestly, there's probably 10, 12 teams. You could legitimately say, if they hit a hot streak, could win this year. Mm-hmm. Win at all. I mean, I... I Season started, I thought maybe, you know, Chiefs, Bills, one and two, and then maybe you throw the Ravens in there. Uh, I thought the Rams would be more competitive. I thought the Bucks would be more competitive. Neither one of them is really up to snuff. NFC is wide open. It looks like it might be uh, the Giants, maybe. The Eagles, obviously, or I thought they'd be good, but undefeated. That's a surprise. And you got the Vikings also, seven and one. You know, and you could, you never know. I mean, experience in the playoffs is a big thing, though. Maybe the Rams find a way to sneak in the playoffs, and then they do some damage. The Seahawks. Seahawks are a good football team. Nobody saw that coming. I certainly didn't. And then you got some teams in the AFC. And and while the Chiefs and Bills are very good, uh, there's certainly some teams that can give them a run for their money, and they're susceptible, like most teams are, to bad matchups. And... um. 
It'll be really, really fun. Really fun to see how this year plays out. So, uh, anything else? Are you good? I'm all set. I got Michigan starting. Oh boy! All right, we're gonna get going then. There we go, going for ten to zero. Ten to zero, baby. Uh, if you have any questions for Ben or I, anything you heard on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports related at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can you get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, bctspod.com. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and review, subscribe, and ask a friend to do the same. We really appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here next week. Thank you.